What's up, everybody? Mojax boys are back. We are doing it big again. We decided this week to go a little black and orange. Uh, first guest, big time. You guys know him. He's the quarterback from South Charleston, sophomore Trey Dunn. How you doing tonight, Trey? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, for sure. We've been wanting to have you on here. I've been following you. Um, as I mentioned to you, you know, we've, we've got a three, four former polka dots here. So we always, no matter where people end up, we always follow the, the polka dots. So, uh, um, now to South Charleston, we've been following you, man. You guys have been just, I mean, I know it was frustrating for a while. You couldn't get a game. Um, coach Mays was pretty outspoken about that. Finally got some games going and just turned it on five and oh, currently number one in the state. We were just looking at some of your stats, man. Impressive. Just five games in, fifteen, almost fifteen hundred yards, twenty TDs to only four interceptions, at about three hundred yards a game, um, and not not including uh, throwing a couple hundred rushing yards and and six TDs, man. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about um, you know the success you guys have had this year. I mean, let's be real, guys. Uh, the games haven't been real close. I mean, you guys have been killing us. So just tell us a little bit about how you guys have been so successful. Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely a big difference for me from last year going into these games last year, hoping to win. And now this year we're kind of going into them, you know, how bad are we going to win? And that's that's a very different atmosphere. It makes for a different culture uh, in, in practice, during games, in the, in the weight room, in the film room. It just sets a, sets a better atmosphere overall. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes – we look at some of these schools and around West Virginia and you try to compare scores. It's hard. You start looking at the athletes on the team. One thing South Charleston's always had is stud athletes. And this year is no different. I mean, you guys really are loaded with next level type talent. I mean, just talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. I mean, we've seen some, some of your awesome passes, but at the same time, I've seen some incredible catches on the other end. I mean, yeah, I think we got, I mean, if not the best, some of the best playmakers in the whole state. I mean, we, we can attack with our run game, with our line blocking, and our running backs. We can attack down the field with our passing game. I mean, we just got a lot of different ways of attacking a lot of different weapons. And it's uh, it makes it really, really fun to play quarterback, too, when you got a lot of dudes that can go get the ball for you, for sure. Absolutely. Now, when you were in middle school, I'm assuming you played both ways, right? Yes, do I you, did. Do you miss that at all, playing a little defense? Uh, sometimes, sometimes I'm not gonna lie, I do, but you know, we got enough, we got enough guys on defense where they don't, they don't need me over there. And it's just cool to be able to take extra time in practice and just solely focus on quarterback and work with coach on the offense and the system and just get really, really polished on that part. Absolutely. So speaking of middle school, uh, you attended Poker Middle School. I think all, all four of us, yeah, all four of us, uh, went there. Uh, you guys, you and your family decided to, to, uh, go to South Charleston I just wonder, you know, last year, obviously, you know, probably for you and the team, you missed the playoffs. It was a little up and down year. But was that a tough transition? Did you know people at South Charleston? Was that kind of tough for you at first? Yeah, so growing up, I played AU basketball with – it was a South Charleston team, actually. So I had a lot of relationships with guys my age group going to South Charleston High School and at South Charleston Middle School. And, of course, Daki and Mondral Dean or grew up playing immediately ball at Poca. So, I mean, I had some different connections and some guys I knew going there, but it was definitely hard, you know, just a cultural change, you know, playing with guys you played with in life and then transitioning to a new team with guys you haven't played with. You know, it was definitely difficult in, in certain ways and at times, but 
you know, now coming, coming out now, it's, it's, it's made it worth it for sure. Okay. So, you know, you talked about kind of the biggest difference from last year and this year, your, the game mentality. How about you personally? I've actually uh, witnessed you, you guys working off in the off season there in Taze Valley. Uh, I don't, I assume people are doing that. I just, I've personally seen you and, and some of your teammates just killing it in there. So what, personally, I mean, what's been the biggest difference or, or maybe the biggest thing you worked on this offseason? I think the biggest thing for me from last year to this year is just the speed of the game. I mean, I look back on my old film compared to this film, and I just think about how I felt during games last year compared to this year, and the game has just slowed down a ton this year. And also, I think I got a better grasp of the offense this year. I think last year it was learning that learning the new system was difficult sometimes, and uh, this year I've got a pretty good – understanding of it all and it clicks better for me absolutely i mean it's 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 tough anyways i mean i'm your sophomore well-spoken and we're talking about you know the transition from a from a freshman to sophomore which a lot of a lot of kids aren't even playing until they're a junior in the, at a school like south charleston so you know that alone speaks volumes um did your dad ever brag about his playing Is he do you know how good he was uh i hear people you know talking about <laughs> and uh you know, showing me some stuff, but yeah, he <laughs> me a lot. He works out with me a lot. I mean, he, he's taught me everything I know up to this point. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he, uh, no lie, man. I'm uh, you know, he was a stud at Poca, and, and honestly, he looks like he's still suit up out there to be honest with you. <laughs> so we talked a little bit, we're trying to figure things out. You know, we, we do a lot of these interviews and we, we, we may interview people on Wednesdays and they hope they play on Friday. So right now the hope is, you guys have a scheduled game with uh, with Woodrow Wilson, correct? Yes, that is okay. the plan. And that is that is the hopeful plan. Now, we're told the SSAC, regardless whether you play that game or not, is going to release playoff brackets this Sunday, which is nuts to think about, probably for you guys, considering you only have five games in. Yeah. Um, is, it, is it simply just willing or bust? Or, I mean, have you even thought about the playoffs yet or what? I mean, we I have, yes, but, I mean, right now we're just hoping we're not orange so that we can even qualify because with the new map and with the callers, you know, it's hard to tell what will happen and who will be even allowed to play and who won't be allowed to play. So we're just kind of holding out hope and just trying to focus on, you know, a week, week at a time right now. Absolutely. I mean, it's just – it's hard to imagine we'd be in this predicament. Um, I, I personally think that – I mean, you guys have said this, right? We think that – justice will end up having to do something because they came out today. I don't know if you saw Trey and they said basically in triple A, I think if everything was as it stood right now and the playoffs were released, eight of the 16 teams would be ineligible for the playoffs. That's crazy yeah. to think about. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're not orange right now, but I mean, any day we could turn orange and it's just, it, I just don't think it's fair for, for teams that have qualified to not be able to play. I, I wouldn't want to see anybody not be able to play. That's exactly our feelings on that. And we're going to talk to your coach, Coach Mays, here coming up. And you know, he's been he's been outspoken about that as well. Um, we're going to get his his new feelings on it. But absolutely, we want to see, you know, we want to see everyone do it safely. But you kids have worked hard, like I said, worked in the off season and just trying to get a just a chance to play. But uh well, man, we wish you the best of the luck, and we absolutely will be following you this year and, and beyond. Um, we, we just think, uh, you know, you got something special going there, not just personally, but South Charles and the Coach Mays getting back at it. And, and we hope to talk to you down the road soon, man. 
Thank you very much. Absolutely, Trey. That's Trey Dunn. Trey, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. We had an awesome interview with Black Eagles quarterback Trey Dunn. And now we got the head man on, Coach Donnie Mays. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's great to re- reunite with you guys. It is. Asbury and I, we're always bragging. These guys don't, you know, they, they're they not big baseball guys. They're like, baseball doesn't pay the bills. We need plenty <laughs> of football, which, you know, we love football. So yeah. we're just bragging off air, talking about you know, some baseball memories and all that. And yeah. you didn't have to tell us because we were definitely going to bring it up about how far you could hit a baseball. And I always tell your some of your players I see and stuff like that. I'm like, now you know he might be a good football coach. By golly, he can hit a baseball. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I really don't say a lot about my past to the kids because they don't really care. You know, <laughs> they more care about what I can do for them, and uh, and I and I appreciate and respect that. But uh, you know, I've told a couple of them there that 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 have played baseball in the past. I told them, I said, I guarantee you I can out hit you at 41 years old. So <laughs> uh, some of them don't know how far I could hit a baseball, but. Uh, I, I love playing football, but I think baseball was probably my best best sport. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Well, I, I didn't really see you play football, but I know you can hit a dog on baseball. That's for sure. So we'll get into it a little bit, man. Uh, you know, it, it's it is great to kind of reunite. We obviously we always follow you. Uh, you know, you got the head coaching job. You've been there now. It's been a while now. Has it yeah. been 10, 10 years yet? I've been there since two thousand six. Um, I took over as head coach in 2013 after uh, Coach okay. Messenger uh, retired. Okay, so seven seven years as a head coach, been there a while though. Um, so let's just let's just get into it, man. You've been outspoken about you know th- this whole COVID stuff and how it's been treated, and rightly so. And unfortunately, it's still going down a bad path. I hope that you know something happens as far as this playoff stuff, but. You know, you finally got to play. You've you've gotten some games in, but how frustrating is it, man? You just you schedule games. I mean, right now you're scheduled with Woodrow. I mean, do you do you even know if you're playing that game? Is that how it's going week to week? Yeah, it's always kind of like week to week, and you never know if you're going to get some type of random phone call in the middle of the week saying, "Hey, you know, we we might not be able to play." It's it's just the it's just our time that we're in right now. You know, the toughest part for me is. Um, you know, we sat back for five straight weeks and watched a lot of people play, had a you know, a couple coaches reach out to us and tell us they appreciate, you know, respected and wish we could be playing too. But, uh, here we are and now it's kind of vice versa, but, uh, with, with schools like Berkeley and Wayne and people like that, but I've been very outspoken about everybody being able to do this, uh, especially when it comes around to playoff time. I mean, you know, I've just listened and listened to, um, the, uh, uh, the thing on uh, Metro News with Bernie Dolan and them, and I just really believe we ought to take the top 16 teams, and uh, they ought to be able to finish this thing out. We're talking about four straight weeks. I mean, you're 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 worried about an orange or a red team, but you're going to let you know a person in a red county go watch the Mountaineers play on a Saturday afternoon, and <laughs> that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm a huge Mountaineer fan, and I'm an advocate for them having fans in the seats, but none of this makes sense it's almost like you're just you know the the map is punishing kids more and more each time and especially when it gets to playoff times and nobody wants to watch what happened to the girls in the state tournament and the boys in their regional championships be taken away from these kids and 
for our for our kids to go and play games and then you're you flip orange or red and then all of a sudden you're like well you know you have to forfeit well that's just that's the most asinine thing i've ever heard i think that uh we're in a day and time where um we're learning stuff every single day about this uh this uh pandemic and we've since the time that it hit in uh you know for the state tournament for the girls we've done a lot since then we've been practicing football since june 14th that's what people don't realize is we've been doing this since june the 14th and we've had very few issues with sports um and now that we're back in school we're having very few issues with school you know you're always gonna have something pop up here and there it's like the flu no one goes out and actively seeks the flu you know what i'm saying like and this is kind of like covid you know no one's going out and actively seeking this everybody's trying to wear masks and be as safe as they can but you you can't stop it from being, you know, spread. You can lock yourself up in a house for six months and still come in contact with something if if the wrong person, you know, is it visits you or you know things like that. We just have to be smart and let these kids finish. I mean, uh, there's a lot of mental stuff that's not taken into play here, and uh, there's a lot of stress that's going into this. And I've said this story a couple of times, and then we'll kind of move forward with the next question, but. One of my one of my buddies that coaches in at MI M at high school, you know, one of his kids took his own life. And the stresses that these kids are going through and not being able to live a normal routine, I said that's that's just too much on them. We need to focus on the kids a little bit. If we went to a nursing home and polled, you know, people in the nursing the, the people in the nursing home, you know, do you want these kids to stop what they're doing or move forward? I guarantee you that these these people would say gosh these kids should be able to do what they need to do because they were once kids you know at one time too well i mean going on kind of what you were saying there about the you know all these teams and i don't know what's going on i mean we've been following the map obviously and kind of been what's going on and i think last i saw um just talking about triple a at one point last day or two i mean if it would have been that day eight of the top 16 teams wouldn't have been able to that's crazy. Get get in because of this whole thing. And there's not that many teams in AAA. Anyway, no, I mean, you know yeah, what I'm saying? I mean, and it's just, you think about that, you don't know what's going on with the map, and you're talking about how hard it is on the kids and not know what's going on. I mean, it looks like, I mean, just from our standpoint of where we're from, Putnam County looks like it's probably going to go red tomorrow. Uh, if it does, you're talking about, you know, you got Polka and Buffalo who are in line to make playoffs, uh, maybe Hurricane. I mean, you're going to lose more teams. Uh, I mean, these kids just don't have any clue what's really what, – what to expect, and I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I, uh, I, I just don't know how it's fair. I mean, like, right. I understand taking the safety precautions and all that stuff, but how does that prevent the spread of COVID? I mean, at what point do we say, oh, gosh, you're in a red county. Well, we need to shut down the bars. We need to shut down – you know, the churches, they need to be virtual for the weekend or whatever. That That's not happening. What's happening is the school system. And that's the one that's paying the price. That's your issue right now. And that's why there's so many questions about this map. Um, I, if it was if it was everybody, all or nothing, you know, I could believe I could agree with it. But it's not. It's just simply schools and, and nursing home visitations, which. You know, that, that's another that's another story. We get hammered by nursing homes constantly in Kanawha County because we have so many um, and it's workers and people like that. And that drives up our numbers. How do we as high school football coaches, athletes and students 
in a school stop that? I mean, tell me what we can do. I mean, those are questions that we have. And then to hit on your 16 team thing, it should only be the top 16. I listened to the SSAC and, and what they were saying, and, and it should be the top 16. And forget the map for a second, and let's put the top 16 in. If they can't play on that Friday night, we got to move it to that Saturday night, you know, Saturday night at 7:30 or Sunday the next day at noon, and and try to give these teams an, a, a chance to play. Uh, let them get tested. I know Martinsburg's already tested. I I talked to Coach Sherman today. Their, their team's already tested. Everybody came back negative. So why are we stopping them from moving forward and competing? And what's going to happen? And I'm just going to be blunt about this. It, uh, the West Virginia State, I'm on the rules committee, and we go over scores and stuff every year. That's one of the first things that we go over. And the discrepancy in points scored versus against uh, in, in like matchups like one versus 16 and two versus 15 is roughly around 30 points. Now imagine taking that 16th team and eliminating them and you're sliding all the way up to like the, maybe the 25th or 26th best team in in AAA. It's going to be ugly. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of people are going to be frustrated because those teams shouldn't even be in there. So it could get even uglier. Yeah. That's a great point. I, you know, I hadn't really even, as we had mentioned that earlier about you're talking eight teams are out. I didn't even think that means eight other teams slide in. And that's oh my goodness, yeah. We've obviously we're you know former polka dots, and you know they're they're looking at a. I mean they're highly ranked, talking about a state championship possibly, and hey, we're looking at the map. They've got to figure out something. My hope is, and I know Donnie's hope, everybody's hope is the justice or whoever you know comes out with something in the next couple of days and says, okay guys, you know we'll tweak this or tweak that because it just doesn't make sense to really anyone. It really doesn't. I mean, I don't know who – I mean, my wife's a doctor. She doesn't agree with the this blunt, you know, map like that because you trace what you need to trace and you know, figure things out. But – Well, you go back to talking about – he, you know, he said they've been practicing since June. They've all been practicing since June. Yeah, with very little. Do we have a single – or even even if you have one, do you have two documented wow. cases of um, spread within a team – which I haven't seen. I haven't seen any. No. I've seen, you know, I've seen one kid get tested and they shut down the whole program for two weeks. But yeah, at I mean, Midland, right? But no yeah. spread. No spread. No spread. Yeah. We could go on all night about this. Well, I mean, Apopka High School is an example. They had one kid get it and they continued to play without that kid. And no, there was no COVID spread after that. So, I mean, that's a school in Florida. Florida is yeah. way more populated than the state of West Virginia. And they seem to find a way to do it. It's all about, like, who's wanting to open back up a little bit more and who's not. And, you know, I mean, I understand. Like, when if, with one death, that lies on your shoulders. But I think this is one of those things that we're going to look back 10 years from now, you know, just like we did 10 years ago whenever South Charleston wasn't allowed to play in the state championship and Brooke got to be the first school in the state's history to lose the semifinal and lose the state championship game, which puts an asterisk <laughs> beside um, Martinsburg for 2010. This is going to be one of those years. If they don't, if, if we look back 10 years from now and say, man, we, we overreacted to this thing. You know, I, I think that we need to kind of take that into consideration because we know so much more about this thing right now. Yeah, I agree. And, and like you said, Donnie, we could we could go on all night. The bottom line is, we just hope you guys, we hope everyone can play, and we, we, everybody wants to see it. But, anyways, we'll move on. We could definitely go on and on. But uh, 
let's get into your team this year. So when you finally got to play, 5-0, and currently actually number one in the state, uh, the games have not been close. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, we always talk about evaluating because I always look and I was telling your quarterback, Trey, earlier. So, yeah, we try to compare scores and like how did Fairmont beat Spring Valley but get beat by Bridgeport and mm-hmm. Bridgeport put it on Fairmont. Well, that's not really what you can do. I always look at the next level type talent, not necessarily D1, but next level. South Charleston is loaded with next level talent. Oh, yeah. So tell us, Don, I mean, just – Last year, for you guys, I guess a little bit of down year, but what has been the difference? I mean, you guys are just killing teams right now. We're a year older, and uh, we've built this thing up with, with our seniors right now. They've all, I mean, like 80% of that group started since they were freshmen. So we've kind of been building it, and we knew we would take our lumps along the way. And last year, we kind of felt like we could be around the 500 mark. And honest to goodness, we were. Uh, three games away from flipping it the other way from being a seven and four football team. But there you go. And I'm not blaming our, on, on the youngsters, but you know, they say for every freshman or sophomore, you have one starting, you might want to chalk it up as an L that's the old saying as a coach, but um, we ended up almost winning three of those games lost, you know, one fifty two to 50 to Huntington while lost 36 to 33 to Riverside. And um, you know, we were, we had 300 yards of total offense going into the second quarter against Capital, and they had negative 47. And somehow, some way, they beat the pants off of us in the third quarter because we turned the ball over six different times. Well, so that's that's the youth coming out in us. But um, we're a year older. We're much more experienced. Um, the it all at South Charleston High School. Um, uh, everything starts and ends with our quarterback play. And if you look down our history, when we have a really solid quarterback that understands what we're trying to do offensively, we've made some really deep runs going back to Tyler Harris, to Ken Trey Greer. And, you know, we even had a couple of years in there with, you know, Trey Murphy where he went off in the playoffs and, and threw for like almost 400 yards against Huntington to, in, a, in a quarterfinal game. So uh, we've, we've done some really good things with quarterbacks and, um, the numbers show for it. And Trey Dunn is doing the, the things that we're asking. You know, if there's one thing I could say COVID gave us, it gave us an opportunity, Trey and I, to do a lot of Zoom conferences and really break down the offense to the point where he understands it the same way that I do. We don't always get that time as high school coaches, but we took advantage of that. And Trey knows our offense in and out. And he can get out there and tell me where the ball's going. I know where he's going with the ball, but he can sit there and tell me what he's going to do with the ball every single time the same way that I would expect him to. So I think that's a lot of the reason that he's having so many, so much success is that he's starting to understand the game at a different level. Yeah, he's been quite impressive. We were just we looked at some of his stats earlier, fifteen hundred yards in five games. I think it was twenty some TDs to only a mm-hmm. few picks, almost three hundred three hundred yards a game. I mean I don't remember a lot of quarterbacks. I know one that I played. We played against J.R. House. I mean, you don't see those you type of numbers in, often. in this area. Nope. And that's and let's say he's just a sophomore, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's just a sophomore. And he's on. He if you break it down a season on a ten game season, he's on track to throw for like forty two hundred yards. <laughs> and something that's getting overlooked big time is, you know, the kid's thrown twenty touchdown passes already. You know, he's averaging four touchdown passes a game. So double that, and then add whatever it is. If you were on pace to play a 14 game schedule i mean he's close to 50 touchdown passes too so the numbers that he's putting up are kennedy like numbers it's it's extremely uh right up there with everybody else that should be mentioned i know that 
you know, um, Ethan Payne won it last year. And uh, I know that probably the front runner this year is Blake Hartman at Musselman. But as a sophomore, Trey Dunn should be in the contention for that. Yeah, then we that'd be a whole other podcast to decide. I, I don't know how they're going to decide things like that. I mean, you have to really, like Donnie said, oh. you really do have to look at things. Okay, so Trey only has five games, maybe six. Uh, with If they get to play Woodrow, hopefully two, three playoff games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess it's all relative. But, you know, like Midland has got four games in. South Charleston five. I think the Martinsburg does have – I mean, they've got, they've got a good bit of games in, right? Yeah. Yeah, so – Yeah, so they got started. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and also we watched some video as good as Trey's been. Some of those receivers, the athleticism, I mean, it's just really impressive. Well, it goes tit for tat, and you know, it all really all starts with our offensive line, who's only given up one sack this year. And you know, you could probably, you know, and Trey will respect this. You could probably blame the sack on him a little bit for kind of holding onto the ball. So the offensive line's really done their job for him this year, and. And uh, Trey's done an exceptional job of getting rid of the ball, which limits your sack numbers. But like you said, with our receiving core being as fast as they are, we're, we're he's hit seven different receivers in four or five football games. So we've got kids coming off the bench that are contributing too. And uh, we've, we can stretch the field vertically right now with them and we can hit things underneath that we can turn a, you know, a six yard pass into a 50 yard pass. And, and, you know, the other thing that goes into that, like they are catching the football. Trey's completion percentage is 68% right now. His adjusted is right around 80. So we've not dropped very many passes, but the ones that we have, uh, his adjusted completion percentage is close to 80%. So um, the guys that are out there for receiving the ball for us, Shiley, Kenny, Donovan Davis, Anthony Jackson, uh, Jaden Eastep, uh Wayne uh, Harris, and then we've got Mondrell Dean catching the ball in the backfield, and Amelia Miller. Those guys are, you know, those are guys that can take the ball to the house anytime, and that's a that's major weapons that we have back there. You know, I notice about Coach Mays Asbury's. He's a, I'm noticing he's a stat man. You, you're getting excited, aren't you? Oh, you know it. He loves that's, his numbers. That's the baseball coming out. <laughs> exactly. Of that's right. That's yeah. the money ball it's baseball all about type the stats. stats. That's exactly right. Well, Coach, man, listen, we really appreciate you jumping on. It was great to talk to you again. We've always, you know, we followed you since you've, you've been in South Charles for a while, since we played ball back together back in the day. Tell those young boys, anybody challenges you. As, Asbury, you got a few pitches left in you. He'll come down there and throw a couple, and y'all can, you know, take him off, <laughs> take him yard. But, uh, yeah, tell those young guys, but we'll tell them. They need to believe how far Donnie Mays hit a baseball. That, that was impressive. It was, it was <laughs> well, you'd, far. You, you'd probably strike me out today, but uh... – but, but, but 20 years ago, I was going to take a yard at it. You know. <laughs> All right, listen, Coach, uh, best of luck to you. Hopefully you get to play Friday. We're, we're hoping we get to catch a game in person in the playoffs. We'll be down, hopefully talking to you soon. All right, take care. All right, see you, Coach. Thanks.